Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, Sales is Not a Dirty Word. I'm here with Miranda Love. She's the CEO of Ninja Growth Secrets. Is that right? Is that Ninja right? Growth Strategies. <laughs> Strategies. She's owned three businesses. She helps people, um, coaches, get six and seven figure businesses. She's the expert for the experts. And she's also an internationally best-selling author. This, I am so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Miranda. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah. So I am going to do something a little different today. I'm going to ask you all about your different businesses, what you liked, what you didn't like, and some hard-hitting things like when people, at what financial point people should do certain things and what risks they should take and how they could avoid some pitfalls that are easy to fall into and that kind of thing. And you have so much experience. I'm just so excited to talk to you. I'm excited as well. Thank you. So how long have you had Ninja Growth Strategies? So I started Ninja Growth Strategies about two and a half years ago. Okay. And you had two other businesses before that, right? Yep, I've been an online entrepreneur now for 10 years, figuring these things out. <laughs> uh, what were the other two businesses? Uh, um, a recruiting company that I co-founded with my sister, and we it's been actually sold two times, and it's um, still, it's a, it's a seven-figure seven business, and it is uh, still employing some of my family members there in small-town Alabama. <laughs> and then the second one, I did an online pet community where I did, I was trying to create a Facebook for pets. This was back in like 2013 and 14, really just to grow it and sell it. The Facebook was for my, was my goal. And I did advertising and marketing for national pet products. Now I did sell that one as well. Um, but it was one that I kind of had to figure things out and did a lot of things the wrong way and even had to file for bankruptcy after that one. So I learn some things the hard way here. <laughs> oh my God. So many good lessons. So <laughs> Okay. So, and now you are the expert for experts because obviously you have a lot of experience at this point. Um, and this is your favorite one out of the three, right? It is. It is. Yeah. Cause whenever I kind of started trying to figure things out on my own, I did everything wrong. And I know whenever other experts or and entrepreneurs are just starting out, they are confused. And so we definitely have a unique way of doing things here at Ninja Growth Strategies. Okay, so in the beginning, when you say we did a lot of things wrong, what do you mean? Well, in, in the business that I started by myself, my first solo business, which was the second one, I had at that time probably about 22 years experience in operations and business management and helping businesses grow. And I had just sold a seven-figure recruiting business. Um, and so I thought that I knew everything that I needed to know. So that was my very first mistake. It was kind of, I had a bunch of money, had a bunch of money and a bunch of credit. And so I just jumped off the, jumped off the cliff and was like, let's do this, this, this. And I did start hiring. I started right away with hiring employees. And I also started right away with, and then I got virtual, a big virtual assistant team. And then I did do interns and I did make six figures in that business in that one year. And I did sell it. But it was, um, I tried to accomplish way too many things at one time. And I did accomplish a lot, but I had way too many things going on. Like I did a, I did a book with that one. I did, did do a, 
a public television documentary and I ended up getting those things sponsored and I you know pulled some things together but I guess my first big mistake that I made with that one was yeah right you're, I'm right <laughs> not working with an expert because I didn't have a revenue plan in that business my goal was just to grow it really big because I'm a marketer and uh, you know media and PR and I did well with all of that I grew it to 600,000 online followers 10,000 members in our community you know it was very engaged but I didn't have a revenue plan <laughs> and uh, so then at the after the tour nearing the end of uh, kind of the first half of the year I was like crap I'm running out of money you know I thought that I had enough money to grow it big enough and then I had to had to start figuring things out so that's whenever I started working with marketing coaches myself and getting really good at online marketing and I mean and copywriting and actually converting people into making offers and converting people into um, actually you know paying paying dollars <laughs> I think that's a really great lesson. Um, you might have a wonderful idea, uh, okay. but you need the most important part of any idea is how will it make me money? Um, and it can get, uh, it's easy to get lost in just this idea. I think that's a very common like entrepreneur, um, like I idealism. Um, <laughs> and also if you have a lot of money, I think people do want to hire a bunch of employees. So what employees do you think you needed in the beginning? Like if you had to hire anyone, like, would you have any of them? Well, you know, at, at that point in that business, uh, I would have probably started out right away with a virtual assistant. Um, instead of having employees because it was very social media oriented. I had, it was, it was for pets. So I was showing, I had a mission to increase awareness of veterinary specialists and you know that I had a big mission. And so I feel like I, I was doing the things, you know, using my little dog at the time and really growing and engaging community and, you know, posting a lot on social media. And I did use Facebook ads to get likes. Again, this was in 2013, so what, six years ago? Uh, you know, I was just getting likes on a page before I was using groups or any anything like that. So I, that was my first, uh, the first employee that I had was that, was actually getting um, help, somebody to help me with those things. And now, you know, in hindsight, I could have probably went ahead and I, I had somebody in the Philippines, you know, help me with that. Um, I did do that a little bit later, but instead of having employees and I actually had an operations, uh, manager, our operations coordinator, I hired her as well. And because my background was in operations and I wanted to accomplish a lot, we even the first year I even went like started right off and went to this big super zoo conference. And, you know, I did, I did a lot of things that I spent my money on. And, you know, I did end up, you know, growing and got a lot of media and things like that. And I did end up selling it. But yeah, that was definitely, um, definitely some of the mistakes I made. But in the business that I have now, uh, Ninja Growth Strategy. Honestly, um, right now I, I do. I mean, we um, sales. The first people that I would hire is the salesperson, and they're commission only. And that's the first people that I did hire, and they're commission only, and they work great. <laughs> yeah, that's like to the point of how am I going to make money? First mm -hmm. thing on the to-do list. <laughs> yes, I learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Um, what was the one thing that you did for your business when you had a lot of money that actually made a huge difference in it making a lot of money? Like, like you said, you did all these media appearances and a book and you know, you had these operations. I'm guessing the operations person you hired and stuff did not make the place money. 
but did media or what was the thing that you were like, okay, that finally worked? Online marketing. Online marketing with a, working with an, with an online marketing coach and actually creating a sales page and having an offer um, it was, was the way to go. Now, to be clear, you know, in this business that I have now is the one that I'm really making serious money in, um, you know, and with a lot, working like not much. That's <laughs> why so I'm doing now taking these podcasts and, and media and things like that because I, I've just gotten bored, you know. Uh, that's how, how, easy it, how easy it's been. But that other business, um, you know, the one that I did, the online tech community, I was creating so many different things. Had Whenever I finally was like, okay, crap, I got to make some money, I did start working with a, um, doing kind of some info products and working with and creating some offers, um, some, a way for people to, not the pet community, I was uh, still kind of doing things there for free, and, but I created a way for national pet products and for the um, veterinary specialists to pay, to pay me for what I was doing. So I created offers. So that was kind of the biggest, the biggest turnaround was literally working with an online marketing coach that helped me to not just social media, you know, likes and things like that. I could do that. I knew how to do that. That was, that was great. That was bankrupting me. <laughs> you know, that was, uh, I could do that. No problem. But actually turning, getting revenues, I needed help with that. Yeah. So you started selling the audience that you had. I did. You're right. Okay. So with the first bit, so wait, when you filed for bankruptcy, like what does that look like when you file for bankruptcy? It just means that like, since you filed as a company separately, they couldn't take any of your personal assets, right? It just means like, what happens? Like what I happens? filed as a person. I filed as a person. I funded my business personally myself and I filed as a person and it was actually after I sold my business. So I sold it. And then I spent the money on, um, I spent the, I was in a hundred thousand dollars in debt and had gone through, you know, all of, all of my resources. And I was, you know, going to be working things back and paying it back, but literally every, even the debt uh, consolidation, people were like, you should just file for bankruptcy. You know, it was just all credit card debt and they're like, just file. And so bankruptcy is a huge blessing. Um, you know, I had gotten out credit card loans and things like that to fund my business. I did that with the first one. And I actually did that with the third one as well. So bankruptcy is a huge blessing. Um, I, any, I, it wasn't that, you know, hard or anything like that. And four months after it, they want, um, they're giving me credit again. You know, my credit was great. <laughs> okay. So you filed for bankruptcy and it basically forgives your debt. Is that what it does? That's what bankruptcy that's what oh, okay. See, I don't know. I don't know. There, I didn't. I don't know if there are listeners out there that didn't know that's what bankruptcy is. And I guess the reason you don't want to file bankruptcy is that it can negatively affect your credit score. Is that? But then you said four months later you were fine. Yeah, four months later they were. Uh, you know, they were giving me a lot more um, credit card offers. They actually kind of target people like me. So I, I mean, I was an entrepreneur who got into debt. It wasn't like I was off selling around the world you know or, or shopping or anything like that I was okay. I was you know trying to make my mission happen and really just getting a lot of experience so that's uh, that's what I did and it was a hundred thousand dollars in straight credit card debt where I mean I had paid the people that uh, you know had done the services for me with my personal money first and the credit card you know and the credit card money and yeah it basically did um, it just cleared it that's it amazing. I think that's fantastic news. 
it, it, it was a, a blessing. I think that bankruptcy is a wonderful thing. Um, I would give, if anybody, you know, you said you wanted to hear some real stuff here. If anybody wants any advice at all that's out there, the one thing that I wish that I knew that I didn't is that you can actually file for bankruptcy with one point from, you know, check your own people. I'm not a lawyer or anything like that here, giving advice like that or financial advisor, but uh, check, um, you can file for bankruptcy with $1.33 million in your retirement account, like an IRA and a 401k. So don't do like I did. I completely drained everything and drained the bank accounts and drained the 401k and the IRA because at that point I had such a big show going on. I had created you know, websites and websites, that online tech community and online store. And I had to create it so many times, you know, with paying these developers and everything like that. And, and, you know, I had those employees and just to keep the things running that I had going on, I had just so many expenses. And so I literally was like, just really all in, in my dream and my vision. Again, I was wanting to grow it and sell it. It was an impossible dream that I had. Uh, again, that's why I should work with a business coach at the beginning. <laughs> that's like, girl, don't do that. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but I, I drained it all just keep, you know, paying things and was wanting to grow it to sell it to Facebook for a million dollars. It was an impossible dream that I had and I was all in. But um, now I've since learned that you, I, I'm not saying I would have done things differently, uh, but I guess, you know, the experiences are what they are, but I definitely, you know, so that's what I would do. If anybody's out there and just leave the IRA and the 401k money alone. Yeah. Um, a lot of people now, even in my, the industry that I'm in now, in the business coaching industry, there's a lot of franchise companies out there and like franchise uh, business certification companies, and they will help people transition from the workplace into their own coaching company by using, it's like 50000 or $100,000, and they even set it up so they could like, oh, let's just use your 401k money to do this, and that. I would say no. First off, you don't need a business coaching certification and they don't help you get clients. We help them get clients and, and actually make money. But here at Ninja Growth Strategies, but they definitely, uh, I would say leave that money alone. Let it, let it just stay there. Don't try to credit, do all the credit you want because you can literally clear that. And and with chapter seven, you can technically file every five years. I mean, you know, most of the self-made millionaires out there, Donald Trump, many, 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 many of them, you know, have filed for bankruptcy twice. Is there any like limit to the amount of debt you have that you can file bankruptcy for? Like, are they like, okay, if you have millions of debt, like you're not going to be able to file bankruptcy? For that. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm, no, not that I'm aware of. Now you do have to sit before the judge, you know, and what did you spend this money on? Or, um, you know, they look at what you recently had spent some expenses on. They look to see if they can get anything back. Uh, they look to see at your assets and you do technically have to be bankrupt. Now you can have, still have a job you can have, you can be bankrupt today. And then tomorrow I've got, you know, a, a $20,000 sale. And then I've got that $20,000. It's my money. Um, that, that, that wouldn't be, would be post after filing. So, I mean, you, you can still have money coming in and they can't, um, and they can't make you, you know, work or anything like that. Cause I did have some concerns cause I was writing my international bestselling book at the time while I was uh, going through that process. And, you know, it was just the timing of everything, but, uh, the bankruptcy attorney that I spoke to at the beginning, whenever I knew that things were coming to a head in my business, I was like, okay, what do I need to do? And he said, Hey, you know, if I would have filed basically um, while the business was still making money, then they would have taken that as an asset. 
but because I sold the business and then spent that money on actually more personal and professional development for myself. I knew that's when I started working with more high level mentors and uh, things along those levels because I knew that I needed to figure things out. So that's what I spent my money on. Again, I didn't go traveling around <laughs> uh, yachting around yet. I'm doing that now, but <laughs> with the money that I'm making in my business. So those are, um, that would be some lessons learned uh, the hard way. Can they repossess your house or your car as an asset? Again, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm the expert on those things. So, you know, all my personal experience at the time I was just renting and I, and I had a car, I think, you know, I mean, the laws are very different, so I'm not going to, I don't really want to try to, you know, I, I share what I, what I, the experiences that I had with it. <laughs> with a grain of salt. So I will ask a bankruptcy lawyer about that because I do own a house and I, that is like a scary thing, you know, um, that they might take it. So Actually, in the earlier days, uh, back whenever I was in college, and I, um, I did work for a bankruptcy attorney. This was, you know, well before that I did. And so we did have people there with houses, and there's like Chapter 7, and there's Chapter 13, and it really depends on what, what type of assets that you have and what it is that you're wanting to do. Uh, but you do, um, yeah, it just really depends. I think that um, if you, yeah, I, I know a little bit about it, but just enough to get myself in trouble here so I don't want to you know and laws are different everywhere probably right. so. it's like different by state or something I don't know so anyway take it with a grain of salt however really good to to know we should look into that so also um with the first business what did you do that really made that one like out of all the things you did what made the huge difference well that one, we had a high ticket offer right away. And my background at that point, I was an employee. Uh, I would never even thought about becoming an entrepreneur. My sister was the one that had sales background and was a recruiter and wanted to start a, her own recruiting company. And she needed money and, and, and she needed money. And so that's whenever I first started putting, putting some of my own money into it. And then she needed more money like I, to become an owner in it. And she needed Need more money and so I took started that's where I started taking out like $15,000 out of my credit cards and putting it in to kind of fund that to help us get that going and because my background was in operations meaning I know how to make things work I know how to get to I can make I can make the person who has the idea and the vision and knows how to make money I can make it happen for them you know put on events put butts in the seats you know organize the staff everything like that which is that was actually my downfall trying to do it by myself because I'm an operations person I can make all that make stuff happen but I needed a clear revenue plan and so that was the big difference but like my sister she you know her background was in sales and she was all about making money which I wasn't you know I wasn't at the time and so we had our we had a high ticket offer, which is what I teach now as well. It was the best thing that we did. You know, it was twenty five thousand dollars that our recruiting fees were, and they were commission based. You know, so they would take six months to close if they closed, but we would have you know sometimes you know two hundred thousand dollar months. You know, uh, in our second year, in our third year, so it wasn't. So that was the best thing was that actually having a revenue, a high ticket revenue plan from the very beginning. And that was the mistake that I didn't have in my second business. And a salesperson, your sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a salesperson. You're right. And that's what we, we started having sales. We had salespeople and everything like that. Commissioned so, at the beginning. What about working with your family? What do you have to say about that? Well, unfortunately, my sister and I, who we grew up best friends and did that business together, and now because of that business, uh, 
exactly why I don't know we're both better off because of it and I'm very proud about the work that I did in that business <laughs> and she should be as well uh, we are not we don't have a relationship right now so okay so don't go into business with family I'm not gonna say that you know people make their own decisions I will say that I I, I miss my sister I'm heartbroken about it uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with it. Everybody needs their own space, but uh, yeah, just be aware that even no matter how strong the bond can be, um, you know, when money comes into play and also egos, I think, you know, with sisters and jealousy and now that I'm doing my own thing, you know, I, you know, I don't know if it was directly related for the business or because what I've had going on since then, you know, but uh, they're definitely, for the last several years, we haven't had a relationship. Like, did it happen when you started the pet business? Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was related to business somehow. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. The thing about family is that emotions are so escalated because y'all know each other's buttons so well. And um, the, the smallest things can just, whereas if it wasn't family, you wouldn't, like, get so heated. So I bet that that probably plays into uh, business with a family member at some point. Like maybe sometimes you can't keep as an objective of a conversation going because they're doing that thing that they always do or something. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Just if you do go into business with a family member or a dear friend, just realize up front that, you know, no matter how much that love and that bond is, the relationship could be, could be over. I'm not saying that happens in every situation, but I think it is pretty common. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately it is. And I have nothing but love for my sister and want nothing but love and success for us, us both, you know? Absolutely. Okay. So, with the new business, the one that's going right now, it's your favorite. Um, so what did you do differently in this business than the other two? I mean, the first one you had a high ticket offer and a salesperson. Wait, since everything went right with the first company, is there anything that you did wrong there that you wish you hadn't done? Um, I'm sure if I dove down into it, probably, but I loved it. It was my first experience into entrepreneurship. And, you know, I was working with my sister. We had a blast. I was in Idaho at the time. She was in, uh, she was in Alabama and we were working remotely. And my cousin was working with us as well as the salesperson. And so we were all working remotely. And then we did the first thing that we, we did email marketing um, using the strategy, some of the strategies that I use and teach now, but we started, we, she wanted to really do events. And I get in big with the like conferences and things like that. So that's what we were spending our money on. But it's what grew the brand and grew the business and has it definitely it, super niche and number one in the industry, you know, still today. So I, I wouldn't say that. And it was so much fun because like once a month or you know, every three weeks, even though we lived remotely, we would travel and get to spend a week in New York City, spend a week in Chicago, <laughs> spend a week in Portland, you know, in New Orleans and having a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. And then we did, whenever we were getting ready to sell the business, um, we did establish an office. So that's when I moved back to Alabama, we established an office and, and getting all, you know, got employees and things like that, where before we were kind of all just commission based. Okay, so big difference here that you can notice between the two. 
you didn't get employees till at what point of revenue you were making? When did you start getting employees? Uh, it was like, I guess 250,000. And then that first year we had employees, we had five, we did 500,000 in revenues. And obviously our expenses were, were kind of high as well. Right. Okay. So it's good to know, no need to get employees until you're at 500,000 or 250 maybe at the soonest, um, like full-time employees where you're like paying them a salary, not contractors. Yeah. So, okay. That now the newest business, tell us what that looks like. Obviously you had a high ticket offer and a salesperson from the beginning. Not from the very beginning. That would be something that I would have done differently actually would, would be that. Um, so I, the first thing that I did, what I did right with it is that I worked with a mentor that was doing exactly what it was that I wanted to do. That had a high ticket offer, an eight week group program, like what I'm running now. And, you know, they're doing they're a million a month <laughs> still. So, I mean, I worked with, and I paid them well. Uh, you know, I did at that point, even was able to take out another loan. So credit wise, you know, I, I was able to take out $20,000 to, make it happen. And I'm extremely resourceful like that. Uh, again, this was after I'd filed bankruptcy, you know, right. um, but I did. So I worked with a mentor at the beginning. It was somebody that was doing exactly what it is that I wanted to do, paid them well for it. And I had a high ticket offer and I did that. Um, yeah, just kind of by myself. I didn't try to have a big expensive overhead or anything like that. And our strategies that we use in teacher and integral strategies, we don't even use advertising. So they taught to use advertising. Most of the coaches and experts out there teach to use Facebook ads and you have to do all this. And um, we don't, we don't do that. So <laughs> what do you do instead? Like, would you like, is it writing a book or is it doing speaking engagements or any of that? No, no, I'm getting into those things now. And I did um, because I, again, I'm bored. And so it's kind of fun. I did write a book in between um, I took kind of two years off between selling the one and actually starting the second one. Like I sold the, sold the, I mean, starting the third one. And that was my, my, the ones that were my own. I, um, I wrote a book in between that just because it was a passion project that I had to get back to from stuff that had stories that I had to tell from even before I got into entrepreneurship and then how so it's the keys unlock unlock your dream life and it was kind of I had to I had to do that so it was just a book that I literally had to say I had to do and I did use some of that money that I uh, from the business that I sold to help work with somebody to make it a best-selling author and you know and things like that so but I haven't really made any money off of that book um, so I would you know it was just something that I had to do uh, I would now recommend I mean if you're looking to start an expert business uh, expert coaching or consulting or mentoring business, uh, writing the book would be the last thing that I would do after you've got money coming in and a revenue stream because it is not, um, you know, it's not going to make you any money at the beginning. So what we do and speaking is, I'm not going to say speaking won't make you any money. It'll take you a while to do that. Um, and you need to be a good speaker. I was a writer. I, I am still a writer. <laughs> and uh, so I'm moving into now into the speaking is a little bit going to be new for me. And I'm working, of course, with a speaking coach <laughs> for that. Um, but I, so what we do to get clients is our unique, that's what I sell is how our unique way of doing it. And I had figured those things out in the that first business. I had figured those things out in the second business. You know, those strategies were still good. And then now you just need to have that high ticket offer. So we use LinkedIn, yeah. we use LinkedIn, a very specific way of reaching out uh, on LinkedIn and it's called the Ninja Growth System. 
and I do have a webinar, a free web class that I would share that uh, if anybody wants to check that out, that's at ninjagrowthstrategies.com. And that will show you how to make your first or, or your next is what I call it because who knows where people are, but your next six figures right now on LinkedIn uh, using the Ninja Growth System. And it'll show you exactly how we do it. And uh, I can um, basically, yeah, so having a, uh, I guess your question was, what was the things that I did right? Was working with a mentor at the beginning and what did I wish that I did differently? Um, I, I wish that I would have gone ahead as soon as I had my offer and I got my first sale, I had a program that was selling and getting results for your clients. Because before you get commissioned salespeople, you do need to have a program that is selling and is actually getting results for people. So, but I think I waited too long to get a salesperson. Okay. So it's a dirty word for me or it was. <laughs> okay. So a couple of things. Um, were you able, did you ever try leveraging the book to get speaking engagements and media opportunities? That's what, what the plan was. And I ran into a lot of personal resistance. I had a lot, I was extremely gun shy after creating that business that I had to, that I created, um, that I had to file for bankruptcy after, that I created a big show. Cause I knew I could accomplish a lot, but at the end of the day, was it really worth it? You know, did I want to really do those things? And so I was just still kind of licking my wounds a little bit. You know, I did the book and I actually got, whenever I paid a bunch of money for that, I was supposed to get, I mean, some PR and media help with that, but I, I just didn't, didn't ever pull the trigger on it. Um, so I, I didn't ever use it now. Now I probably will. Um, but it's kind of, it is geared towards, it's a self-help and entrepreneurship inspirational book, which is definitely the line of work that I'm in now. But I was, I wasn't in the place of where I, I didn't have the confidence and courage that I had that I needed to have to do what I'm doing now. Back then, I had to go through a couple more steps first. Okay. And at what point would you recommend hiring a salesperson? Because you said you didn't do it soon enough. I would say if you have a in the industry that I am in now, you know, in every industry, I can't say, but an industry that I'm in right now, which is the co the coaching industry and the the um, you know, change, change industry mentoring is to have the high ticket offer. I would say, honestly, after you personally got your offer, you've got five, because I have an online group program. So if you've got five, you've sold it five times, you've got five people, you know, in there, they're getting results. They're getting results as well. Go ahead right then and start shopping for um, a commissioned only salesperson. Let me tell you, there are a gazillion of them out there. Uh, on LinkedIn is where you can find them. I find them through my funnel. Now they come to me, but I, um, that's what, that's what I would do. Now you do need to have a process that actually enrolls them and not just kind of reliant on them and their experience to do anything because if it's selling, they sh it should be duplicatable, but it was a skill that I had to learn enrolling, enrolling people on the phone, you know, with one phone call and 48 hours from sending them an invite on LinkedIn to having them paying me big bucks <laughs> without knowing me yeah that's amazing um so when you talk about having a process to enroll what you what would you recommend people do <laughs> like documents that they can study to get familiar with their products or what what exactly is it 
I would recommend that you do training yourself. Uh, take training. I've worked with you know a lot of lot of mentors out there for marketing and for sales, and so I had my own. So that's where I learned the process that I'm using now and teaching now. And then I I don't um, you know I had to learn that and get good at it. And then I actually let my sales I, I let my salespeople be able to um, use my use my training and tell them you know they go through my training and. Oh. They, so they're doing uh, the outreach too. They actually are. They actually are. They actually are doing the outreach, and I pay them a, a sales commission, and then I pay them a lead, a legion, a referral commission, basically, as what, when they when the lead comes from them, when they get the calls, they get they get double. So that's awesome. Can yeah. I ask what the Legion Commission is? Because I haven't really heard of that. I know I'm familiar with sales commissions. Usually, it's ten to twenty percent. Um, but what would the Legion Commission look like? So what I do right now is, and I'm pretty, I, my coach before me, she's like, that's their job. They need to be doing those things. I'm like, mm, no, I, I like to be generous. I like to uh, share the wealth around. Um, so I do, I do pay now 10% for just sales. And then I'd pay another 10% if they totally get the call booked themselves. And if they, if they do that, now that could be from their current network or using our system on LinkedIn for reaching out. That's where they usually come from or wherever. Like if they're getting that person from their network, even if it's using our system that I teach, then, uh, then yeah, I do pay an extra 10%. And then there's some wiggle room in the middle because I have, because I they actually do call, we do what's called warm calling here at Ninja Growth Strategies where whenever people have already opted in to watch our webinar or um, then, we ask for their phone numbers and so they'll call out there. So if they, they'll, and if they get the call booked, if they're the ones who actually, you know, did that, uh, then I do, there's a, you know, a little, there's some wiggles percentage for them as well. So. So you only pay if they booked it and it closes or do you pay them even if they got the booking, but it didn't close? There's no money to pay on. There's no commission to pay on if it didn't close. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, well, what you're doing sounds really interesting, and I will definitely include um, the webinar for everybody to look at. I mean, who's not tempted by the idea of, you know, 48 hours enrolling somebody in something high ticket just because of LinkedIn? I know a lot of people are doing stuff on Facebook right now, and people I work with, the Facebook leads are definitely a different quality from LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So um, it sounds like that has paid off in spades and you've got a systematic blueprint. So um, I'm definitely going to include the link with this. And if I had to take anything away, let, and let me know if this is, if you would agree with this, it's get a mentor for the stuff you don't know how to do. You don't know how to speak. Now you have a speaking coach. You weren't sure how to do business. You got a business coach, whatever the case. And um, hire a salesperson after you have sold it five times successfully and have a training program, like have them go through your program, whatever it is. Um, and always keep in mind that you can go into bankruptcy if things go, obviously that's not the goal, but it's, it, it may, can make people feel a little better about um, taking loans or doing credit cards because entrepreneurship has a lot of investment upfront in, involved for most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, that that is that is a great takeaway uh, for sure. Um, yeah, a lot of people are afraid of bankruptcy and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, and I've, I speak to, because we speak to so many experts and entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes 20 a day here now in Intergrowth Strategies. And 
they're just so afraid of so many different things. It's like, that's their goal is just to get out of debt. I'm like, you know, well, that's a dead man's goal. Whenever you die, you'd get out of, you'd be, you'd out of debt, you know? So uh, don't be afraid of going into debt, but also uh, I would say protect your 401k and your IRA. Um, you know, don't, don't use that money. Um, those are mistakes that I made. That's true too. Oh, do you have any other staff with your current business besides salespeople? Currently right now, no, I don't. I used, I have had virtual assistants or a virtual business manager, but I, those are kind of my, that, those are strengths for me, but um, I do have, I, I have it so simple now. And so now my salesperson basically does a lot of the tasks that my virtual assistant used to do. And, you know, he gets, that's where the, between the 10 and the 20%, you know, whenever we, because it's all, then it's all based on if we get a sale, then, you know, everybody gets, um, everybody gets paid. And I also pay the same day. A lot of people don't do that. They make them wait. I'm like, Hey, you're getting money for me. It goes right back into you. So, uh, that's how I do it. Good. You know, I will say that there are a lot of people that don't realize that when they have a good person overpay them, like make it so that they would never leave. Um, like you want to keep that loyalty and it sounds like you're doing a great job at that. And I think that that's an awesome takeaway too, because a lot of people like to think about like what's in it for me too much that they don't think about making it a win-win. And it sounds like you've done a great job of making a win-win so that you attract the best talent and then they never want to leave you. Yeah. It's got to be a win-win for sure. And one other thing I would say is if you've got somebody who you're trying to train somebody for sales, you know, I've made this mistake myself and even, you know, trying to figure it out myself one time, one, one month when I was first starting out, I did 30 sales calls and didn't enroll anybody. You know, I'm great at getting calls booked, but wasn't great at, it took me a while to get that process down. And I, whenever I've had, I've had some people that it was, she was kind of a friend and she had a sales background and I'm like, she applied and everything like that. I'm like, okay, let's do it. I let her stay on for way too long, blowing through my leads. And so I would say you can usually tell within, some people say 10 calls, they could they should, they should do a sale within 10, 10, 10, but I would probably say within five, you can tell if it's going to work out or not. Um, now I have, because of that experience, uh, where I just let, she probably did 20 calls without doing any sales. And that's just, you know, it's, that's not good for anybody. We're not making an impact. You know, she's doing a lot of work and not making any money. And I just had to, you know, I let that go on for way too long. And so now I do have a better, a better uh, test process where we'll do just our initial kind of training and mock calls. And I'm like, you know what? That's not going to work. It's not going to work out. Let's don't waste each other's time. Thank you for the, you know, <laughs> thank you for trying, but let's, let's, let's don't do it. So yeah, don't let me for your leads. Okay. Well, this has been amazing advice. I think that it will help a lot of people. I really enjoyed talking to you. You're fun. You're charismatic. Um, so thank you so much for coming on, Miranda. And um, everybody should definitely check out that webinar at a minimum. I know I'm going to. Awesome. Yeah, that is at ninjagrowthstrategies.com. And it's definitely very good for anybody that's trying to start an expert coaching business or mentoring business because a lot of things that people or even just LinkedIn, a lot of things that people are teaching out there right now is just really, it's more of that busy work that maybe in six months or a year or next year, it'll turn into, it'll turn into money. But 
Um, you know, you need to, if you're like me and most people out there, you know, we, whenever you're starting a business, you don't have time to wait. And so, uh, you know, you need to go ahead and start getting money in the door right away. And so I was able to launch what I, in this, that web class at ninjagrowstrategies.com, I share how I was able to launch my coaching business. I did 25,000 per, um, started out right out the gate in eight weeks. 25,000 per month and, can, and we doubled, uh, we've doubled every year, every year since then, like what we're doing and, you know, don't try to burn through right now. We are doing Facebook ads and it's extremely expensive. Don't try to burn through. I mean, you will eat up that money just like that. So really focus on, you know, getting, getting the money right and having your high ticket offer and all that, which I do go into that. That's exactly what I go into in that web class. And one of the one of the lessons in there, I'll just tell you, is fortune before fame. And I, I did learn that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for your time, Miranda. It was so great having you on. And everybody, um, tune in for the next episode. Thanks for Thank listening. you. Thanks, Alicia. See y'all soon. Bye.